It's episode 629 of the Locked on Texas Rangers podcast. On today's show, I'm talking about a horrendous sweep at the hands of the Orioles, some prospect news, and who on this team needs to stay and who will be gone in two years. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers. Daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan and host since for all four seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. It is Thursday, July 7th. Your Rangers are 37 and 43 alone in third place in the AOS. 15 and a half games behind the Astros and six and a half behind the Jays for that third wild card. Thank y'all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, go hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We are inching closer. I think we're about 40 subscribers away from our goal of 1,000 by the All-Star break. I think we can hit that. With y'all's help, thank you to all 950 plus of you who have hit that subscribe button and to the next 40 and, you know, the next 950 after that. So, let's talk about this stupid, garbage, horrible, awful, no good, very bad series. A sweep at the hands of the Orioles. The Orioles who have the first pick in this year's draft, who have been terrible for the last, I don't know, five years and continue to not try and win this year, waited two months to call up their top prospect who um, would have would probably be much more in the race for AL Rookie of the Year than he already is. Um, and he just absolutely dominated the Rangers in this three-game series. Uh, their catcher, Adley Rutschman, was just phenomenal. Three straight one-run losses. The Rangers are 4-17 and 17 in one-run games this year. 4-17. and 17. That's just horrendous. That is got to be the worst mark in baseball. Also, there was a stat from uh, the last game, not yesterday's game, but uh, the Tuesday game in the series that uh, I, I need to correct. The Rangers hit game-tying or go-ahead home runs in the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning, and they were the first team in MLB history to lose a game while doing that. MLB history! That goes back to the 1800s. The first team to ever do that. That is some historically bad stuff from this Rangers pen. Just everybody, everybody came up badly. Everyone came up looking poorly in this series. There was basically nobody that came out on top, except for Mitch Garver, who had a couple of really big home runs. I mean, Corey Seager had some big moments, did have a three-hit game and a big, crucial home run. Um, but in this this last loss, the top three of this Rangers order went 0 for 12 with a pair with one strikeout. Excuse me, just one strikeout. Um, just. Nothing going offensively. Absolutely nothing going. It's always something with this team. As soon as the bats get hot, the pitching just craps the bed. As soon as the starting pitching does well, the bullpen starts to crap the bed. Um, and once those guys start going well, then the offense craps the bed. It's just one thing after another with this team. And I am beyond the point of hoping that this team is going to contend, going to be in contention and not completely out of it for that last month of the season. That was all I wanted for this team. I didn't want them to, you know, have a night. Oh, I did want them to have 90 wins, but like, Realistically, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting a decent markup of improvement. Because, I mean, you add two of the top players at their position in Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. You also add Mitch Garver, who's one of the best offensive catchers in baseball. He's been hurt for the very, like, for the most part. Cole Calhoun is a solid, you know, 
six, seven, eight bat in your order. Brad Miller is a pretty fine option for, you know, a super utility kind of guy. They had some decent options. I mean, they got Martin Perez, fine middle of the order starter, has been absolutely phenomenal. John Gray, um, same kind of deal, has been phenomenal for the last month and a half of the season. And, you know, they had four and five guys that you thought, okay, maybe they'll be fine in Taylor Hearn and, uh, well, Spencer Howard. And those guys have turned out to be super duper not fine. Even Dane Dunning's been pretty okay. About a number three starter. Pretty much what you're asking for a guy to be a number three starter. And he's done that. He's delivered. And the Rangers still haven't been able to get it done. The pen has looked awful at times. It's looked great at times. And it's just a whole lot of inconsistency. And this team is just not there. This is... If you're looking for a sign, if you're looking for a sign, um, well, I don't know if this team's going to contend. What what do I need to see? This is your freaking sign. This is your sign. They have about the same record as the Orioles after this series. The Orioles, a team who is not trying to win, does not have a whole lot of firepower. They look made everybody in this series look absolutely phenomenal. I mean, this Watkins guy had an ERA of around four and a half going in. Spencer Watkins, a 29-year-old um, who hasn't done very much at all in his MLB career, had 16 games last year, pitched over 50 innings with an ERA over eight. This year, they made him look like an absolute ace. Six and two-thirds innings um, in just one run completely shut the door down and all of their mediocre relievers completely shut the door down on the Rangers. The biggest middle finger, I think, of this entire series is them using Dylan Tate. That, yeah, that's right. That's the same Dylan Tate you're remembering. The guy who the Rangers had that awful season out of nowhere, picked in the top five for the first time in a long, long time, took this guy who was a reliever turned starter, gave up on him after a year, sold him for half a season of a mediocre Carlos Beltran to be the DH who allegedly crushed in the postseason, did literally nothing for the Rangers in that postseason in 2016. And now he's with the Orioles. And even though he gave up two runs in his one outing, the Rangers still lost that game. They still lost every game in this freaking series. It was absolutely so frustrating just for that to happen. And I don't know. Of the many things that went wrong for this team, I don't know why, but that just pisses me off the most. This was just not a great game. Glenn Otto was... This is good. This is a good game for Glenn Otto. Five innings, two runs. Only one of those was earned. The other one came on a Corey Seager error, his 10th of the season already. I don't know how much longer he's going to play shortstop. I'm sure it's going to be the end of the year. But, like, they really have to consider putting Josh Smith or Marcus Simeon at shortstop and moving Corey Seager to third base because he has not been good defensively at shortstop. He's had some nice little, oh, look at that little play, but there's been a lot of errors. I think a lot of these errors probably should have been charged to Nathaniel Lowe. This one was kind of a tough one to give him. It wasn't a great throw, um, but he had to make it very fast because the runner was fast, um, but they're runner on second and third, and the guy on second wouldn't have scored without this error, but he did score, and that was the difference in this game was – the Corey Seager error. It was just so incredibly frustrating. The Rangers offense did absolutely nothing. I mean, six hits, one walk, and half of those hits were doubles, but the Rangers couldn't cash in. The only hit they had with runners in scoring position was, of course, from Leody Tavares, who continues to look pretty solid offensively, even though he's all the way down in that eight hole. Brad Miller had an incredibly frustratingly close to a go-ahead home run in the ninth inning, a foul ball that was fouled by about five feet and would have been a two-run homer to score Cole Calhoun, one of the like seven base runners the Rangers had in this game. Um, 
but no, the very next pitch, he strikes out on a ball that was about 18 miles outside the strike zone. So, of course, of course, that's how it goes. And instead of pinch hitting uh, for Brad Miller, they pinch hit for, we're going to pinch hit for Leody Tavares with Adolis Garcia, who is not in this game. But didn't matter. Adolis didn't get a chance to bat because the Rangers were done after that one. Brock Burke looked really solid in this one. Another great shutout two-inning outing from Jose Leclerc, who continues to look much, much better. His ERA is finally under 9. It's at 6.43. Yeah, those first couple outings were really, really rough. It's going to take him a while to normalize those numbers. But again, he looked really solid in this one. Uh, coming up, we're going to get into some of the prospect news, who the Rangers are going to have in this Futures game, and a look at who needs to stay on this roster and who needs to be gone. First, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or if you're celebrating a milestone moment, you can find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single price. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Rangers listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Now, let's look at who is going to be pitching for Rangers in this future game. I already gave it away. It's pitching. You all knew it was going to be Jack Leiter, top Rangers prospect. He is going to be pitching in that Futures game. He has been fairly solid with the Rangers so far this season in his first professional year. Um, most Mostly decent numbers. He's got uh, a 5.36 ERA, though. 13 games, 12 starts. Did miss his last start due to regular normal fatigue. The Rangers said they weren't concerned. John Daniels said there's absolutely minimal concern. Um, this is something that happened with him last year at Vanderbilt. He was starting to get a little tired um, in around the middle of the year. Missed a start. Might have missed two starts, I think, um, at some point throughout the season. But it wasn't an injury. It was just his arms tired, and he's still fairly young. And so they wanted to give him that one start off and then see how he looks when he comes back. Uh, the command has been struggling a little bit with that fastball command, which he's relying on a whole, whole lot. Um, he's also relying on that curveball command as well when he's getting that called for strikes. He is absolutely dominant when he's not. He is a little bit more reliant on the fastball, so guys are able to sit on that and wait for it and time it up a little bit, even though it's a really darn good fastball. Double-A hitters are still pretty darn good. They're much better than the SEC. Sorry, SEC fans. They're just they're just better. They're just built different. They're professional hitters, and they're in double-A. They've been through a whole lot better competition than anybody in college. But he's going to be pitching in that game. I don't think any other Rangers are going to be in that game. Um, a little surprised that Justin Fosu didn't get a nod with all the love that he's getting on MLB Pipeline. Um, Josh Young obviously hurt. Um, Ezekiel Duran, he's made his big league debut. I don't think they... they put guys in the Futures game who have made their big league debut, so I think that ruined it for him. I was a little surprised Dustin Harris didn't get a little bit of a look. Usually there's one or two guys from each roster that are uh, are each a prospect from one or two from each team that usually get the nod, but everyone's got to have at least one. If you're going to have one, then heck, why not let it be Jack Leiter? I bet he's going to absolutely crush it there, and uh, 
very much looking forward to seeing him. Also, I don't think I've talked about this on the show just yet, but MLB Pipeline released their mid-season prospect rankings. I'm going to ha- be updating my top 30 prospect rankings uh, next week. I'm going out of town on Thursday, so I will have those episodes for you on Thursday and Friday. Also, uh, speaking of prospect stuff, I know some of y'all have been asking about the draft. I am not quite immersed as immersed in the draft as some of our other experts, so I will be doing a podcast, I believe, on Wednesday with Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked on MLB prospects he has got all kinds of draft info he's been able to see these guys there's a lot of high school guys at the top of this draft the rangers have the third overall pick so it's going to be an important draft for them because hopefully well i don't know with the way this season's going they might have another top five pick next year but um (laughs) hoping that's not the case i don't necessarily think it will be i don't think this team's going to lose the 95 or 100 games that would be required to have a top five mlb pick um but still entirely possible with how crappy this last series was but the rangers have six guys in this mlb pipeline top 100 jack Leiter coming in at the top at number 17 josh young fell down to number 31 because of his injury i don't think he should have fallen at at that much but maybe it was i think it might have been more of a case of guys just improving a whole lot rather than josh young being knocked for his injury he's supposed to be back um D- at least DH ready by sometime mid-August. I haven't heard many updates on that. Um, I know this is absolutely killing him. It's killing me because he should be the Rangers' third baseman right now. He probably should. He would. I think he really would have won that job right out of camp and been the Rangers' everyday third baseman and maybe been in Rookie of the Year contention this year. Um, but again, with what Julio Rodriguez is doing in Seattle, what Jeremy Pena is doing in um, Houston, and what a little bit of Adley Rutschman has been doing in Baltimore I, I think it would have been some some pretty steep competition but anyway Josh Young is at 31 Ezekiel Duran jumps all the way up to 57 I would have liked to seen him higher especially granted that he what he did so far in in double a and what he did at the big league level even in a a shorter stint he is absolutely crushing it Justin Foskey is all the way up to 62 I think that's great he has been doing very very well this year with Frisco um have really loved what I've seen from him some of the concerns that I had about him last year have been um knocked down he has a 374 on base slugging 455 that's an 829 OPS um four home runs and 19 doubles he's already tallied the same number of doubles this year as he did um, all of last year so that is very very encouraging stuff from him and he's still got plenty more time to go um, in 2022 to surpass that he and Ezekiel Durant are big big doubles guys not as much selling out for power for the home run because he doesn't have that like 70 grade power but he can turn on a fastball really quickly um and his defenses look mostly pretty fine. So that's very, very encouraging stuff from him. The next guy on that list is Cole Wynn at 81. Didn't drop all the way off the top 100, as he shouldn't have. Um, like Baseball America dropped him all the way off the top 100. Um, but I believe he was in the 60s last time we checked um, before the season. But he is now down to 81. And a newcomer on this list, who I think probably should be a little higher up, maybe even higher than Cole Wynn. I'm not exactly sure. But Owen White has been fantastic this year. He is at 96 on this list, the final Ranger in the top 100. Kind of thought that Dustin Harris might get some love with what he's done so far, what he did last year, um, coming on the scene and absolutely crushing it so far. Um, Owen White has been dominating at AA. Did leave the game early with an ankle injury, but is not going to miss his next start. In two starts, he has gone 10 and two-thirds innings with a 169 ERA and 12 strikeouts to just two 
walks. You absolutely love to see those numbers. He has been crushing it. His stuff is as good as nearly anybody in the system. Jack Leiter's stuff is just a tick better, but the difference between those two is not that far apart, not nearly as far apart as we thought it was going into the season. Leiter's had a little bit more struggles than Colwyn. Colwyn has already had more great games and I think better starts than Jack Leiter's had in his, what, 8, 10, uh, 13 games, 12 starts. I think that uh, Owen White has put up already some more impressive numbers than him. Um, But again, Jack Leiter's ceiling is still crazy, crazy high. And even though he's had some struggles this year, I don't think that that should, you know, deter anyone from thinking that he is going to be great. And this prospect ranking showing him at in the top 20 at 17 after 12 starts um, professionally. That shows how much confidence these evaluators have in him. Coming up, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to look at who I think should be on this roster in two years when this team is finally maybe contending and who probably needs to go at this trade deadline. But first, this episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, league reviews, including this year's Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. You can take some bets on the Rangers. If you want to bet on the Rangers, somehow miraculously coming back and winning the series against uh, Minnesota, I bet you could do that. You could bet on them uh, at least bouncing back in this uh, John Gray start on Friday. Um, It would be incredibly Rangers-y to get swept by Baltimore and then go out and sweep Minnesota just to prove F you, you don't know a darn thing about baseball. If you want to bet on that, uh, then you can go to betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, let's take a look at this roster because the Rangers are probably out of contending for this year. They are the only kind of buyers they should be is if there's a pitcher, a starting pitcher, I should say, with multiple years of control that they think they can kind of turn around like they've done for, you know, some of these older guys like Martin Perez, Lance Lynn, yada, yada, yada. You know the list. You know the list of guys they've turned around. Um, If you can swing a trade for one of those guys with multiple years, um, as opposed to waiting for them to hit free agency and then signing them there, then maybe you want to do that. If you you can just find, like, a middle-of-the-rotation starter or maybe even a back-end-of-the-rotation starter to kind of fill out that, uh, that rotation that is kind of barren at the back end right now i know glenn Otto just had a pretty nice start i still i still think that he's a reliever long term he's had too many blow-up starts to trust him as a number five in a rotation that is vying for contention but i think he could be pretty darn good in a bullpen role with that fastball taking up into the high upper 90s um that i, I think he can get there and that slider being absolutely wipe out in a bullpen role but I don't really trust Spencer Howard at this point either. Um, I trust Glenn Otto more at this point than I trust Spencer Howard. And uh, I don't know, maybe I don't know how long the Rangers are going to keep Taylor Hearn in AAA, but it's probably going to be at least a few starts. It might be August before we see him back up. And even then, I don't know how much we can count on him. It's going to take a while for the Rangers to um, see if he can turn around and be a consistent you know, number four or five starter, which he kind of was towards the back end of last year, but very much has not been at this point this year. Plus, none of the other guys at AAA are really quite ready for the come up. I mean, Spencer Howard had a good month, and that's kind of all it took for the Rangers to 
call him up, I don't think they're going to be um, nearly as quick to pull the trigger on uh, some of the other guys at AAA. Um, but again, you know, we'll see. But I, I don't think the Rangers should be really any kind of buyers unless they get an absolute steal of a deal on some starting pitcher that they can count on for the next couple of years. But the offense is mostly fine. It's just kind of waiting for these guys to turn around. Let's look at some of the guys offensively who I think should be here in 2024. It's most of these guys. It's most of these starters that I think should be here. I mean, obviously, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, they're here. They're here for a while. They're here for the length of that deal, and that's not going to change. Jonah Heim has several years of control and has proven to be a reliable starting catcher, if not an all-star caliber starting catcher. He is going to be here for the long haul. Nathaniel Lowe is under contract till I believe at least 2025 and he's showing that he is a middle of the order kind of bat finally the Rangers put him up higher in the order right now he's hitting 285 and has an OPS just four points south of 800 which is really darn good for this year 12 home runs 11 doubles um, and a 337 on base that is the kind of stuff that you love to see Brad Miller his contract, he's got a two-year contract, so in 2024, he will be a free agent. I haven't really loved what I've seen from him this year. I didn't have really super high expectations, um, but it's been a hot minute since he's hit a home run. Um, he's got an OPS of 608, slugging under 350, on base under 270 at 261. Like, this is not really what the Rangers thought they'd be getting from a guy who was supposed to be mostly platooning. His defense is not great, not anywhere near desirable at anywhere but first base, but they still will not put him at first base because they want to put Nathaniel Lowe in his bad club at first base. Whatever, whatever, Nathaniel Lowe has been good offensively. You know he was going to be a little bit um, of an underperformer defensively at first base. But, um, yeah, Brad Miller, if they traded him at the deadline, I don't even know what they'd get for him, but has not been anywhere near the value you thought you would get for him. Cole Calhoun, if they want to trade him off for cents on the dollar the deadline if he gets hot um before during this month of july i say go for it why not um when you you've already got leody um in center field for the foreseeable future you, you have um, adoles garcia probably in right field for the foreseeable future both of those guys are going to be part of this team moving forward mitch garver his contract is up he's going to be free agent after next year and we'll see if he's even catching or how much or how much the rangers even want to catch him um with jonah heim being what he is and sam huff on the way um, i wouldn't be surprised if the rangers traded him next year or during the offseason or heck even if they sold him at this deadline um he has not quite lived up to what the rangers expected of him he has been hurt he has not been catching his bat has been extremely hot and cold but um yeah i don't think he's going to be on this team in 2024 um, because he is going to be what 33 years old and with it already a very long list of injury history uh, including a bad back and now this um elbow injury and we'll see how he recovers from that and if he's even able to catch next year i mean who even knows at this point so um yeah other than that i mean josh smith is going to be here for a while um leody going to be here for a while bench wise i don't know that any of these guys on the bench are going to be part of this team in two years but um we'll see We'll see with these guys. I mean, Ezekiel Duran is probably going to be starting in left field, hopefully, in a couple of years. Or maybe he'll be starting at third base. Maybe Josh Young will be at third base. I don't know. There's going to be a legit competition between those three guys at third next year. Now, in terms of the starting pitching, 
I think the top three are all going to be here in two years. I think they need to sign Martin Perez to a contract extension after the year. Um, see what he puts up. See what the numbers look like overall. You've got to have him in this rotation. You you cannot afford to trade him just to see what we'll get. I mean, we've seen what the Rangers have gotten for their last few starting pitcher trades. The only one that's looking like the Rangers kind of came out on top of the deal is the Mike Miner deal, which Mike Miner was the worst of these of these starting pitchers that they traded um, at least at the time that they traded him he did have an all-star season did have a top 10 Cy Young finish um, but at the time that they traded him they had what I think half season left on his contract and they ended up getting an absolute steal Marcus Smith has not done that great at the lower levels but still a incredibly fast outfielder with some big time power he hasn't quite learned how to hit yet but Dustin Harris was also part of that deal, and he has been an absolute revelation, a top 10 Rangers prospect, absolutely mashing at every single level, still kind of figuring out how to play left field. I don't know necessarily that he's going to be a left fielder. Probably ends up being a first base DH type, but he has got the bat to carry that profile, and I am not sure how much longer he's going to be in AA. Would love to see him at AAA, like right now. One of him or Blake Kerm, I should be, I, I think, should be playing first base every single day at AAA, and probably will be um, once the second half of the minor league season starts. But other than that, I mean, we saw what they got for Kyle Gibson. They got a flyer who is pitching in, I believe, low A right now. And uh, they got Spencer Howard, who is still a huge freaking question mark and is looking like a, uh, a sad kind of question mark, not in a good way of, oh, is this guy a starter? Is this guy a reliever? And, you know, he's probably a reliever at this point. He had a half decent, I want to say half decent for his standard start in the middle of the game of this series, but started to look like he remembered that he had more than two pitches. But I think long term, he's, he's still probably going to be a really nasty multi-inning reliever and... That kind of sucks to give up for to for that to be the main return in a season and a half of an all-star pitcher plus a pretty quality relief pitcher that the Rangers threw in as well in that trade. And then for Lance Lynn, who was he got one full season of top ten pitcher in the American League, um, you know, all-star caliber guy who granted did have some injuries, but um, was really really solid for the Wise Wife and has been ever since the Ranger traded for him. Dane Dunning is looking like a fine return, which I hate to say that for a guy who's a top, who's maybe probably a top five pitcher in the American League when the Rangers traded him, um, to get a guy who's uh, probably a number four in your rotation. You do get five years out of that, and you know there is some value to that. They also got, uh, I believe, Avery Weems in that deal, who is probably a reliever at the big league level. I don't know what caliber of reliever, but I don't know maybe a middle reliever to late reliever if if some things break well for him i really don't think that he's a starter he's had some real struggles this year but again none of those are super inspiring returns the only real like steal of a trade the range have gotten is trading joey gallo to the yankees as much as i love joseph tickles gallo we all know that um joey's really struggled with the yankees and the rangers have got three big league caliber players and probably a fourth at some point um, in the near future i think unless my math is I'm forgetting somebody but but two guys that are probably big league starters and one guy who has been a big league starting pitcher um very very back in number five or six in rotation in Glen Auto, but still providing some value Josh Smith has been an on-base machine for the Rangers Ezekiel Ecole Durand is probably going to be a long-term starter um but that's the only trade where the Rangers have really really come out on top in the last like two three years it's seeming like um 
Mitch Garver trade. It's looking like the Rangers did not get the best of that. Um, but I don't know. I think people who want to trade Martin Perez, I get it. But he said he wants to be here. He will sign another contract. And if he's performing like this, the, this is a very, very valuable guy to have. A very valuable guy to, get, guy to have who is crushing it at the top of your rotation. When one of the best pitchers in the American League, I don't necessarily think he's going to have a sub 2.5 ERA for the rest of the year or maybe even any other year. But he is a solid middle of the rotation guy that gives you some depth, some length. He has been dominant this year. I don't know why you would want to trade him for a cents on the dollar because I guarantee other teams are going to think, well, I think this year is just kind of a fluke. And if, if the Rangers don't think that, then you sign him to the contract extension, he stays here, and he keeps dominating. You get a lot more value there than you would out of any prospect package out of these guys. So uh, Dunning, Gray, and Perez are going to stay in this rotation. Hearn and, and Otto, I think, are going to be part of this team at some at some capacity. I don't know what, whether it's nasty late relievers or starting pitchers in two years. Uh, I don't know. I think Joe Barlow is a guy you might want to sell high on. His expected numbers, like I just said, are, are not great. He has really struggled in that closer role for the last eight games. He's blown half of those save opportunities, and uh, I don't feel super confident with him being there. Uh, in that role, his strikeout numbers aren't really what you would want for a guy in the closer role. You do have other guys that are, are there. Dennis Santana, if you think this year is an outlier, outlier then, then you go ahead and trade him. Pretty much any one of these bullpen pieces, except for Brock Burke, who is a rookie, um, and has plenty more years on his contract. Um, he's a guy who I think you would want to keep around. He is the youngest in this pen of guys who are pitching consistently um, at age 25. The only one younger than him that's really pitched much at all this year out of the bullpen is Colby Allard, who's 24. And yeah, he is not exactly super great. Garrett Richards, I think they signed him to a two-year deal. If you want to deal him, fine. If you want to deal Matt Moore, I think there could definitely be some suitors out there. He has been phenomenal this year. He is in a one-year contract, so he's going to be a free agent after this year anyway. And if you don't think you're going to be contending, which I really don't think if the Rangers are realistic, they're going to see themselves as contenders this year. Maybe they might trick themselves into thinking that, and so they keep him on and then try and re-sign him next year and see if he can do this again. I don't know that he can. I didn't think that he could do it this year, so who knows at this point. But I think pretty much anybody in the pen outside of Brock Burke should be fair game. If you get a decent offer on it, I think you take it. And same with the guys at the back end of this starting rotation. Martin Perez, Dane Dunning, John Gray, those are your one, two, three, at least for this year, probably for next year, um, until we see how well some of these guys at the higher levels of the Rangers farm system are going to come up and do. So, yeah, that's who I think is going to be here for the next two years. The Rangers will be very careful about how they sell because they do need to start contending like next year while these two big guys are in their primes under contract before the contract starts to look like an albatross, they really have to, they committed themselves to this fast turnaround. So you can't just sell off and hemorrhage everything um, and hope that you can get it all back in free agency next year, because there are some decent players in free agency. But once you get guys that are solid big league contributors at a high level, especially guys like Martin Perez, um, then you need to hang on to them and do not sell them off for anything close to their value got to sell them at the absolute peak of their value which this might be it might not be i don't know but i don't think the rangers are going to get a fair return for him so i think you absolutely have to keep him and some of these other big bats in their lineup that there are some question marks about um 
in the terms of their consistency. I think Adoles has kind of proved that. I think Nathaniel Lowe is proving that this year, and I think that Jonah Heim as well. So those guys are going to be part of your core. You hopefully can get at least, you know, three of them going at the same time. Hopefully that can spark the Rangers into at least being around 500 and not being this kind of garbage fire team that they have been for at least the last three games. Thank you all so much for listening. For your next list of the day, go check out the Locked on MLB Prospects show. Uh, Lindsey Crosby is doing all kinds of deep dives on draft coverage. He is great. He will be on We'll be doing a crossover next week, so be sure to check that out as well. Thank you all so much for listening, and until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.